Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Um, guys, we're in a series that I'm very excited about. It is called His Masterpiece, and uh, our key scripture is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. That's where I got my, my title from. Pretty cool, right? We are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so... What's interesting is that he's created us new. I, I talked about this last week a little bit, that, you know, that we kind of view our own lives as we're just a bunch of broken people, uh, you know, filled with broken pieces, and God is working so diligently just to kind of put this piece where it belongs and that piece where it belongs. But I want you to know this, that God is creating you brand new. Amen. He's not using old stuff. He's using, he's using the new stuff, the good stuff. And why? So that we can do the good things that he planned for us to do long ago. I really believe that this is one of the greatest verses in the Bible, that you are a masterpiece. Some of you don't feel like a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Some of you would say, well, that's true for everybody else, but it's not true for me. And I'm just telling you this, that you are God's masterpiece. Come on, he is in the business of doing one stroke in your life at a time. One stroke in your life at a time. And a lot of the times, you can't see that a great work is being done and, 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 you know, until later on, you know, we talked about last week, pointillism. It's a, it's a form of artwork where you put one dot next to another dot next to another dot next to another dot. And if you're up close, it just looks like a mess of dots. But when you step back away from somebody that is a pointillist artist, come on, it is a beautiful picture made up of millions of dots in some cases. And so, so listen, even though you cannot see the work being done every single day. I want you to know that there's work being done every single day. Amen? There's work being done. A masterpiece, how many of you know, is not created overnight? C.S. Lewis said it like this. He said, isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Isn't it funny how day by day it looks like nothing is changing, nothing is, is transpiring, but, but when you look back over a period of time, you will see that many changes have taken place. I've been on a weight loss journey, and I'm telling you what, if I go to the gym just one time, I could go and take my shirt off in the mirror, and I'll be like, I don't want to look at that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You don't see any changes, but over a period of time, you're like, wow, you know, my clothes are fitting a little bit better, and, 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 and I'm feeling a little bit stronger, but you may have been into it a year, uh, six months or a year before you can see any changes taking place, right? It doesn't mean that the changes aren't happening. They're just not going to be big, bold changes overnight. Last week, we talked about, you know, the transformation or change is not conformity. It's transformation. Like, listen, God is not in the business of conforming your life. He's in the business of transforming your life. 
Matter of fact, most religions or many, you know, in, in, in most religions, you will find a level of conformity. Okay, you're this religion now. You need to start dressing like this and you need to start praying like this. And everybody in that religion, they pray the same and they dress the same. And why? Because they are conforming to the religion. But I'm just telling you this, God's not a bit interested in you conforming to something. He's interested in your life being changed and transformed, your mind being changed and transformed by the renewing of the reading of the word, by the gospel making you something new. Come on, old things passing away and behold all things becoming new. Right? And so he's not interested in you just putting a mask on and acting like you've got your stuff together. He really wants to change those broken areas in your life so that you can have your stuff together. So this week, we're going to be talking about a, a topic called the life of freedom, a life of freedom. How many of you want to be free? Amen. How many of you want to live free and not bound and not shackled? Um, from Genesis to Revelation, I want you to know that freedom is a hot topic. From the book of Genesis, from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end of the book where the maps are, where nobody spends much time, come on, freedom is a hot topic. Come on, God is interested in you experiencing his freedom. I look at the Apostle Paul, and what do we know about the Apostle Paul? We know a lot. But we know that his calling was to go and to plant churches, but he was, his calling was to plant churches in places where nobody had ever heard the gospel. Uh, amongst people groups that, they, that, they, that they, they were told that this gospel, this news is not for you. I, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about you being picked up and positioned right in the heart of radical Muslim country, wherever that is in the world. And your goal, come on, your duties, your job is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with, with, with this people group. That's what the apostle Paul was called to do in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It says it like this, it is for freedom that Christ, so, so Paul has written this by the, under the, the, the move and the power of the Holy Spirit. He had written this to the church at Galatia. He said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So he's talking to a people group that the gospel wasn't necessarily for initially. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So this shows us so many things that I don't have time to go into. But this one scripture shows us so many things. One thing being that you can be set free only to pick up and be burdened again by the yoke of, 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 of bondage, of slavery. Come on, and, and, and who knows? Maybe I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. It's like, you know, you, you've been set free, and, and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? You started pursuing, you know, selfish ambitions and things like that, and the next thing you know, you are bound up again, and you found yourself here this morning at Grace Church to hear the message that, you know what? It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So why in the world would Christ want you to be free? Why? Simply so that you can be free. 
Period. There, you know, when good things come to us, we have a tendency to, to, to say, okay, all right, you're being super nice to me. What, what's the hook? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, people just aren't nice to be nice. You know, there's a hook. You must be wanting something from me. Oh, so, so, so Christ has set us free for what reason to be free? Okay, so what's the hook? What's he, what's he want from me? Let me tell you a little secret. He just wants you to be free. He just wants you to be, he literally just wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be bound and, and, and fettered and, and trapped Come on, any longer. And so he says, don't let yourself be burned again by the yoke of slavery. So there's two things. He set us free. Why? To experience freedom. Freedom for you, it might look a lot of different ways. How many of you work a nine to five or an eight to eight (laughs) job, um, you know, Monday through Friday? And so freedom to you, it might look like, you know, Friday where you've, you know, you're, you're, you're two hours away from clocking out and you've got, you've got Saturday and Sunday, you know what I mean, to do whatever the heck you want to do. Like, like you've worked hard this whole week in your job and, 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 and traveled, right? Pastor, you've been traveling. I talked to your wife the other night. Yeah, he's traveling. So you've been, you've been working so hard, you're looking for the, you're looking for the weekend, and the weekend is here, and so that is freedom for you. For others, maybe you've made some poor decisions and you've got credit card debt. Let me just take a moment just to give an advertisement about credit card debt. My personal opinion, you can throw it, take it, leave it, whatever. It'd be smart of you to take what I'm saying, but you do you. If you can't pay it off every single month, cut them up. If you can't pay it off, like, listen... Let's not be the generation that we want everything now and we'll pay for it later. How about we, we save a little bit of money and, until we can afford to get whatever it is that, that, that we want to get. All right? So many people are limited in being able to do what God has called them to do because of debt. Unpaid debt. Uh, 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 and you want to talk about a weight. Anyway, that's a whole other message. Um, and so... so Freedom might be to you. You've been under a debt for so long. You got that credit card paid off, right? That might be freedom, you know, to you. For some others, now I don't know what this is like, but I guarantee everybody in in my neighborhood and this church is going to know what this is like. But whenever I pay off my house, that is going to be a celebration, right? That's a goal that that Tina and, and I have. We would love to to pay off our home, and and like I said, you'll know it because I'm going to be eating birthday cake every day, and 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 it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of fun. But but that's freedom. Why? Because you're no longer a slave to those things that have you bound. Right? What is the sound of freedom? Freedom has a sound. You know, for some it might be the national anthem. Right? That's pretty cool. Right? I'm, I'm a military guy, Daniel, you're a military guy. Thank you so much. For, he got me this, I don't know what you would call it, a little mini statue of a soldier kneeling and praying. And I'm just like, I love it. But I've been thinking a lot about our men and women that are, that are serving this great country. And, and every single time I do that, I find myself, you know, back in my 
you know, early, late teens and early 20s when I was in the United States Marine Corps and, and, and doing, you know, giving my time, serving my country that time, there was a song that whenever I would just, I'm just going to call it an establishment, whatever establishment I was in at the time. Now, listen, I was a BC. It was before I was saved, but I spent a lot of times in establishments. And, and there was a time where one song would come on, and it was a song by Lee Greenwood. And the song is, I'm proud to be an American. I'm not going to try to sing it for you, but it says, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right for me. And I proudly stand up next to you and defend her still today. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. And I'm telling you what, it didn't matter. We could, be, we could be in Japan, we could be in the Philippines, I could be in North Carolina, I could be, I could be in any establishment in or outside of this great United States of America. And I'm telling you, that song would come on. And, and I'm telling you, everybody that was military in that establishment, whatever establishment, they would find themselves together holding up some sort of a Sprite or something, you know what I mean, in the air. Sprite or Diet Pepsi or just whatever, whatever, you know, you might have in that establishment at that time. But I'm telling you, sometimes it was so moving and so powerful that there would even be some tears that were shedding. Why? Because we do live in the greatest nation on the planet. Even with all of our issues, all of our problems, I'm telling you, that's the sound of freedom for me. So freedom also has an address. It's got a sound and it's got an address. This is the address in 2 Corinthians. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so, so freedom has an address. The address is any single place that the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You wanna know if there's freedom? is the spirit of the Lord in that place. You want to know somebody that's in bondage? This also says if somebody is bound, then the spirit of the Lord is not in that place, right? Because freedom has an address. Freedom is also always connected to lordship. We don't talk about this a lot, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it today. The definition of lordship is this. Lordship is a domain that has a ruler with specific boundaries. Lordship is a domain that has a ruler with specific boundaries. And so, you, like, let's just say I was a king, which I'm not, but let's just say I was a king, I would, I would have a kingdom which would be represented by specific boundaries. So I would be a king, but I wouldn't be a king everywhere. I would be a king only where you know, only, only in that space that was located inside of the boundaries or the territory that, that, that my kingdom rested within, all right? And so, so we need to realize that, that, that a domain, a domain is, is, a, is a place that has a ruler with specific boundaries. And I want you to know this. The whole idea is, is that, that freedom has boundaries. Think about this. Does that even... 
like in the way that we think in Western civilization, freedom has boundaries. It almost sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like, Pastor, you're talking out of two different sides of your mouth. But I'm telling you this, that freedom has boundaries. We don't think like that because our idea of freedom is, is living with no boundaries. We want to live with no boundaries, right? I can do what I want, how I want, when I want, where I want, and with whom I want. And I'm telling you what, that that's not freedom because real freedom has, has boundaries. Las Vegas is a perfect place to, is a perfect, you know, a picture of, 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 of what the world tries to do with the topic of freedom. What, what is the tagline of, of Las Vegas? Come on, somebody just nice and loud, boldly. I, I just want one person just like super loud. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, is that true? How many of you tried that? Don't raise your hand. How many of you firsthand can tell me that that's not true? Like, because you've tried it and tested it. What happens in Vegas? So this tagline was put together by a marketing company in the late 90s. Why? Because they were trying to drive more people into Las Vegas. And so what they were doing is they were selling an idea that there is a place on the planet that you can go where there's no limitations and no boundaries. You can do what you want to do and be what you want to be with who you want to do it and be it with. And you can go home back to wherever home is because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I'm just telling you that this is not true. They're selling you an idea that is not true. But this idea that they're selling, people will pay thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, you know what I mean, to experience. Why? Because I deserve to be able to go to a place and do what I want with no condemnation, with no shame, with nobody pointing their finger, with nobody even knowing I deserve to, to do what I want, how I want, with who I want, where I want, and I'll pay a price for that. And this is just simply not the truth. You will pay a great deal of money to experience freedom that is a lie whenever the ultimate price that has been paid for freedom has already been paid. You don't have to pay for it. It's already been paid on your behalf. And we will, we will release that and grab a hold of the lie all day long. Because I'm telling you, all this is is a marketing ploy. Because any one of you that have ever tried to do something with somebody else not knowing about it, whether it be Vegas or someplace else, you realize that even if it's only you that know about it, there's still a great price that's paid. You, you may think you're getting away with something. Come on, I'm speaking to some folks here this morning. You're thinking you're getting away with something. There's no price to be paid, but you're going to pay the price for it. And I'm just saying that freedom has boundaries. Come on, Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays. I think we should have Thanksgiving more than once a year. Amen. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. 
Thanksgiving is a, is a time where I don't know how you are, but it's a time where most people cast off restraint. You know, you might you might be you know on a on a uh, uh, on a mission you know like I am to 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 be in better shape in my 50s than I was in my 30s, and I'm in, I'm on that mission, and and so you might be doing pretty good all the way up to Thanksgiving, and then Thanksgiving comes and you're like, man, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. If a guy can't cut loose a little bit now, when can he? You know, and so and so you have all your different types of turkeys. But first of all, guys, I just want you to know your pastor cooked a turkey for the first time this year. And, I, you know, unbiased and not judging anybody else's turkey, but it was probably the best turkey I've ever eaten. Maybe it was just because I made it. Actually, my wife told me how to make it, but I made it. I'm like the one that I even like, like we got the injectable butter that you put up underneath the skin. That's pretty cool. That's fun. The skin raises. But I'm telling you, man, I ate white turkey and dark turkey and medium turkey and, 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 my wife made this incredible corn with like cream cheese in the corn. Oh. It's in the same category as like funeral potatoes. You know what I'm saying? Like you can never have enough funeral potatoes. And so, so I cast off all restraints. We had several different pies and it came to the end of the, uh, the, end of the night where it's like, what kind of pie do you want? And I'm like, well, what do what do we have? Pumpkin and berry and apple. I'm like, yes, just yes. You cast off all restraint. Never been to Mexico. Well, I've been to Tijuana, but that was a long time ago. I'm not going to tell you about it. But my wife and I, we went to Mexico this last year. And, and I think that we're going to try to get there a little more often. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. I had never been a part of an all-inclusive like you pay one price and, and they will bring you room service at 2.30. I, I set my alarm at 2.30 in the morning just to get up to test it out to see if they would bring me a key lime pie and, and a pepperoni pizza with pineapple on it. And they do. It's a beautiful thing down there. It's a beautiful place. But I'm telling you what. You know what I'm saying? All inclusive, as much as you want, indulge. I'm like, listen, if you can't do it in Mexico, right, you, you can't do it. It's the same thing as Thanksgiving. I want you to know in seven days of being there, I put on 14 and a half pounds. Seven days. Do you know that three thousand, and plus we exercise too, like a little bit, you know? 3,000 calories equal a pound. That means above and beyond what I naturally burn, I ate that many. I ate like 9,000 calories a day. 9,000. I was just like, they knew my room and they knew key lime pie and they knew pepperoni pizza with pineapple like the third night or the third morning, early in the morning, I should say. But... All I'm saying is, is, that is there a price to be paid? You better believe it. There's a price to be, come on, the guilt and the, and the, and the, you know, loosening up your pants and your clothes not fitting, 
you, you know, and pro- proper. There, there's a price that is paid. And so, so we try to live with no boundaries. The next way that we try to live is we, is we try to live within our own boundaries. Like we create our own boundaries, Steve. Like, like you, 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 you sit back and you're just like, you know, I've kind of heard somebody else's boundaries. And maybe you even mix a little bit of, of the Bible in there and it says, you know, you probably shouldn't do this a lot. And so you just kind of make it your own. And, and you're like, well, I can do it every once in a while, but this and that, whatever it is. But the Bible says no. And you're like, yes. And so what happens is, is these are called doctrines of men. These are doctrines of men. This is wherever we come up, you know, with our own boundaries to live within. You know, there's only one big problem. And that problem is, is that you are not the Lord of anything. You are not the Lord of anything. Come on, where the spirit of the Lord is, that means that whenever there's lordship any place where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Like when you're connected to the lordship of Jesus Christ and when he's the one calling the shots, that's where freedom is. The problem is, is you're not the Lord of anything. We like to think that we're, I'm my own man. Come on, especially in this great United States of America, I'm going to do, nobody's going to tell me, ah, ah, because I am the Lord. You're not the Lord of anything. And so you cannot exercise lordship. You can try, but I'm telling you, in your attempt, you're never going to find the freedom that God has, God has for you. There have been, there have been times where, where people have come to me in this church, of course, none of them are here right now. So, so we're talking about second service, or we're talking about in the past. And so there have been times where people have come to me, and it's crazy, Pastor Javi. I know you've experienced this. They come to you, and they're just like, you know, let me tell you what I'm going to do. They start rolling out their plans, and right off the bat, you're like, that's a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. God's not in that. They're just, they're, but they're, this is the thing is they're not asking you what your thoughts are, right? They're not asking you, hey, what do you think? It's almost like they're confessing that, hey, I'm fixing to do something I probably shouldn't do, but I'm going to do it. And, 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 and so they, they come, they share, they don't ask. And unfortunately, unfortunately, especially in my younger years, because they didn't ask, I didn't speak up because why give advice whenever, why give advice whenever it's not being asked of you? You know what I'm saying? Like, but this is the thing is I've gotten a little bit better. I wish I've done this. I wish I've done this a lot more than I have. But even whenever advice isn't being asked of me, you know what I'll say? This is what I'll say. Something along these lines is Rick. I love you, man. And, uh, and Rick, God loves you too. Oh, and Rick, that's not a good idea. (laughs) And Rick, you're going to do with it whatever it is that you want to do with it. But I want you to know that I'm here for you. And this is the thing is it would be awesome for me to tell you that with that great wisdom and that advice being given that, hey, don't do it. This isn't going to turn out how you like it. I would love to stand before you and say that everybody's like, oh, man, thank you for the, the red light or the yellow light. That's awesome. I'm just I'm going to do something different. No, people in this great United States of America where we have the freedoms and the liberties and we're independent thinkers and and we know what's best for us. 
nine times out of ten, they will continue to do whatever it is that they've got set in their mind to do, but they also know that whenever the wheels fall off of it, that they can come back to you and, and you're not going to, you know what I'm saying, you're going to be there for them. You understand what I'm saying? And so I encourage you, if, if people aren't asking, still, if you feel Holy Spirit saying, listen, I need to say something, figure out how you can with wisdom. See, this is another thing is sometimes people throw their opinion, but they ain't got no wisdom. Ain't got no wisdom. Ain't got no. They don't have any wisdom. And so now what happens is, is the advice that could be taken is actually stopped because you don't know how to use wisdom on dealing with people. And so, so Holy Spirit comes, great opportunity to say, listen, man, Jeff, I love you. You know I love you, right? We played a lot of golf together, had some long conversations. I, don't, I love you, man. And I want you to know that somebody loves you more than I do, more than your wife does. And that is the Lord. God loves you, man. But I have to tell you, I'm your friend. I'm going to be by you. But that is a dumb decision. And it's not going to work out real good for you. But in the event that you choose to do that, I want you to know I'm going to be here for you whenever the wheels fall off. Please come to me. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so you like, like say something. Don't just, well, he didn't ask, so I'm not going to. Like, that's how I live so much. Dummy didn't ask. All right, moving on. So one guy said, freedom is not the absence of boundaries. It is finding the right ones. Freedom is not the absence of boundaries. It's finding the right ones. I wish I could tell you who this was, but I Googled it, and there's a bunch of other people. There's so many people that said this. I don't know who to give credit for, so I'm taking it for myself, <laughs> right? I'm taking it for, no, I didn't, I didn't come up with this. Um, but isn't that powerful? Freedom is not the absence of boundaries. It is finding the right ones. It's finding the right boundaries. So if you take a, a look at a fish tank, right? You, you've got a fish that is happy in the tank. You take them outside of that boundaries because they have gills and not lungs. They've got fins and not feet, right? That fish outside of its, 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 its habitat, outside of its boundaries is going to die. And that's the, that's the same with you or I. Like, like if you get outside of where it is that you're supposed to be, it literally can mean certain death, in a lot of different ways. And so, so the last one is living in God's boundaries. Living in God's boundaries. When you stand where the Spirit of the Lord is, that is the place that you're going to find freedom. We take a look at the Apostle Paul's life. He went to all these different churches, planted these churches to these people groups that had never heard the gospel, right? The Apostle Paul came under great persecution, there were times where his freedoms were taken from him. He was cast into prison for long periods of times. He was whipped, beaten because of the gospel, right? He was, he was, he, he, there were times where he didn't know if he was going to live to, you know, to, to, to see freedom outside of the prison or if he was going to die in the prison. But this is the cool thing about the Apostle Paul. It didn't matter the state or the condition that he was in. He still had freedom. Like his physical body could be imprisoned, 
But his mind, his emotions, his, his spirit, like, the, the, like everything else in him was absolutely, was absolutely free. And so what we have to do, what the Apostle Paul teaches us, is being content with whatever circumstances or situation that we find ourselves in. See, a lot of our freedom is tied to everything being perfect and completely in balance in our life at, at, at certain moments in time. And whenever we're going through conflict or, or there's, there's unbalance, then we're not free. But I'm just saying this, that you can be free even in the worst of situations. Right? There's a peace, there's a freedom that doesn't even make sense. Um, this is another quote. I'm not sure who came up with it, but the only real prison is fear, and the only real freedom is freedom from fear. So how, like the Apostle Paul, how do we live? How do we remain firm in this freedom? Let's go ahead and take a look at the Scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. The Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. And so just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean that it's going to be beneficial for you to do it. Just because you have the ability, you know what I mean, to make your decisions, especially with the freedoms that we've been given in this great United States of America, doesn't mean that you should do it. Just because you're 17 years old and all of these credit card companies are just, are just forwarding these, these you know, $5,000, $10,000 limit credit cards your direction doesn't mean that you should get one. You understand what I'm saying? Just because you're old enough, you know what I mean, to marry whoever it is that you want doesn't mean that you should marry just whoever it is that you want. Just because you're old enough, you know what I mean, to drink alcohol doesn't mean like this age has now made you responsible enough to drink alcohol doesn't mean, I mean, there's so many things that go into this doesn't mean that you should drink alcohol. Just because the law says that it's okay to do something doesn't mean that you should do that something. You understand what I'm saying? So he's saying, listen, I've got the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And I'm telling you that this morning, that you have the right to do a whole lot of things that you can, you can do, but not everything that you do is, is beneficial. So there's three questions that I want to give you to remain in freedom. Number one is this. Will this be pleasing to God? With this thing that I'm getting ready to do, is this going to be pleasing to God? Let's go ahead and take a look at the scripture. John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you, you will know that the truth, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So is it pleasing to God? How do I know it's pleasing to God? Everybody hold up your Bible that's got a Bible. Because the B-I-B-L-E, it is the book for me, right? That's how you know it's pleasing to God. And in fact, be led by the Spirit. But if you're being led by the Spirit and you're wondering if it's the right Spirit, go to the Word and see if there's unity. If, if, there's, if, there's, if there's unity between what it is that you're feeling and whatever it is that the Word of God says. And so how do I know it's pleasing to God? Come on, buy the Bible. Number two is this. 
Does it support my convictions? See, the Apostle Paul had some convictions, right? In fact, let's go ahead and go to the, the scripture. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, so listen, you'd have to understand that the topic of this chapter, um, the, the topic of this chapter is, is, is it okay for me to consume this? Is it lawfully right? Is it, is it wrong? And so it says this, that if you have if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning, Romans chapter, chapter 14 and verse 23. And so listen, the Holy Spirit is super powerful, and so the Apostle Paul has some personal convictions that were given, not just because he was sitting along one day and, and saying, yeah, I think it's okay for me to do that, and it's not okay for me to do that. But he had some convictions because those convictions came by way of the Holy Spirit. And so, listen, I want everybody's attention because I'm really going to try to explain something that can be a little bit confusing. Jed, whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in your life right now, the Holy Spirit might not be doing that in my life right now. Because while, come on, we are all Christians, I'm telling you the, what's amazing is how God can deal with you where you're at right now, and we'll both get there at some point, but just because he's dealing with where, where you're at right now, that might not even be on my radar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I might be way back here, and you're way up here. You, you've had some victories in your life, and then all of a sudden, God's dealing with this big thing back here, but I'm still, I'm still like a child, man. I'm still, I'm still learning how to crawl with the Lord, and the Lord's not going to put something on me that is going to destroy me. And this is the evidence, the power of the Holy Spirit, that he can deal with you right where you are, and he can deal with me right where I am. And so, and so, so, <laughs> so, sometimes what we as Christians like to do is we like to take whatever it is that Holy Spirit is dealing with us, same God, same Spirit, but now we want to be Holy Spirit for other people, and we want to, we want to put this weight, this heavy burden that the Lord knows the perfect timing to put this on you. You'll get there, but, but now is not the time. But we want to make the thing that God is dealing with us the thing for every single person. And we hear this all the time, that nobody can be your Holy Spirit, right, but the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we try to be Holy Spirit, and it doesn't mean that we can't learn with what it is that God is dealing with Jed for, even though I'm not there. I'm like, I'm watching, I'm paying attention, I'm seeing the change and the transformation, and that's probably coming, but man, I'm, I'm down here just barely getting off the milk. I'm, I'm down here, you know what I mean, just trying to figure out what grace is. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm still dealing with a lot of shame and condemnation and, and it, grace doesn't make sense and forgiveness, like real, authentic, genuine, 
uh, uh, forgiveness doesn't even make sense to me at this point. I'm trying to wrestle through that, and, and now Jed's going to come and put this on me. Well, that might be the very thing that destroys me, right? Holy Spirit's able to deal with you as an individual, also collectively as a corporate body. Amen. All right. So, amen. Lost my place. All right, I'm going to go ahead. Let's go to number three. Number three, out of the three questions, this is the last one. Somebody say praise the Lord. Does it represent God's love? Like God's love is the motivating factor, the most important thing that there is for us to consider. 1 Corinthians 9.19 says it like this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. So the Apostle Paul is writing this once again to the Corinthian church. Come on, he's like, listen, I am free and I belong to nobody, but I personally have made myself a slave to everyone. The Apostle Paul, because of love and forgiveness, like the gospel message was the most important message for him to share. He says, to the Jew, I'm the best Jew there is. To the Gentile, I become a Gentile. Come on, if somebody is offended because what I'm eating, then, then, then guess what? I'm not going to eat it. Why? So that I can win them for the gospel. If, it, if, if there's freedom and liberty to eat certain things around other groups of people, then guess what? I'm not bound by the law to not eat that thing. I've got liberty and freedom. But the motivation is love. Go back to the previous screen just real quick. The motivation is, does it represent God's love? Is love the, 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 the motivation behind what it is that you're doing? The Apostle Paul says that, that that's, the, that's, that's his motivation, love. Come on. He's saying, listen, I have some freedoms. I can do whatever I want, but I'm choosing not to do those things. I'm laying down those freedoms because it could cause a brother or a sister to stumble. Now, listen, I'm going to end with a, with a story, okay? Are you ready? Just tighten up. Look up here just real quick. There's a guy in our church. His name is Tighten Up. I like that. That was good. Everybody was like... <laughs> Felt like a drill instructor there for a second. <laughs> Tighten up. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, forgot where I was going with that. Eric Hansen. Eric Hansen, great guy in our church. Incredible story. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to, to get to know him, but I really encourage you to, to get to know this young man. God's doing some incredible things in his life. But I was talking to Eric. Eric calls me every once in a while. He's like, I just want you to know you know, I'm going through this. Can you pray for me? And anyway, I've gotten to know his story, and I'm not going to do it justice, so you really need to corner up with him one-on-one. -on -one. But he was talking to me about how he was raised, and this is not a slight on, on parenting. It's not a slight on anything. In fact, I'll just say that I've got some major regrets in my parenting, so there it's out there. But I'm going to be the best grandparent that I could ever be. Amen. Much better grandparent than i ever been a parent. But so, so this is not a slight on his parents or whatnot, but he was raised in a church, in, in a family where, where dad was LDS and mom was Methodist. And, and I, I, I mean, I don't know, uh, I, I, 
I don't know how all that how all that worked, but um, but anyway, there was a little bit of a little bit of confusion, you know, going on, and and nobody was. It didn't sound like a lot of people were just like in it, you know, all the way, and and so he kind of he kind of was raised. He he would tell you this. He was raised in a way that he was close to God, like the things of God, but he didn't know God. How many of you know that you can you can be close to the things of God, but not know God? Like, like you could live in grandma's house where grandma has an intimate, powerful relationship with Jesus Christ. And you just like, you might be benefiting from that, but you don't know God yourself. And I'm just saying this, that if you're here and you think you can be saved because grandma's saved, that's, that's not how that works. Like he wants to know you. And if he doesn't know you and you don't know him, the Bible says that you don't have any part with him. And so, so anyway, he was raised around religion, but didn't know relationship. He was raised around religion, didn't know relationship. Well, there was a day and a time where he was just like, you know what? See, see, listen, when you're raised around religion, there's a tendency, you know what I mean, to always try to be better the next day than you were the day before. Like when you're around religion, it's like, man, I just got to do better. I just, you know what? I'm not going to do that again. I'm just going to do better. But guess what happens whenever you don't do better and you do what you said you're not going to do again, then you deal with shame and guilt and condemnation and you feel you feel worthless, right? And so you're like, man, I can't even live my life right. Well, nobody can, but nobody's telling you that. Nobody can live their life right without Jesus. But that's what religion does at its finest. It just beats you down, breaks you down, tears you down. And, and so he came at a point in his life where he's like, listen, man, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And so he started, started drinking and, 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 and running around. And he'll tell you this. He'll tell you, I'm not, I got permission. I want you to know I got permission. And guess what? The result was more pain. What he thought was going to give him freedom only brought more pain, more heartache, more hurt. And then last year, I think it was around June maybe, he had a, he had a heart attack. Younger man than I am had a heart attack. And he, he, I can tell you this, this guy's a worker. I mean, he, he runs a farm and, and he's a worker, man. He, he said... There, the, at this time he was working 16 hours a day not happy so what do you do you, to cope you keep your mind busy you do whatever you got to do to you know what I mean to not have silence and not have space and so he's working 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 well he has a heart attack and then all of the sudden because he's afraid for his life even though he prayed when he was younger he, he said that he he prayed like maybe maybe you know, once every month or couple months or just whatever, but but now he's like, man, my life is 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 at the at the break of being taken away from me, and he's crying out to God, and God shows up in in a big way, and 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 begins to change and transform his life, and 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 then he gets baptized. He got baptized, I believe. It was, we baptized him right here in this tub. I believe it was last July. But I say, Eric, would you do me a favor? Would you just write write a statement down for me to read 
to our church congregation about what freedom means to you. And this is what he said. What it means to be set free? Question mark. This is a tough question, some may say. For me, I never really lived my life right. I believed in God or that there was a God. And even though I might pray once in a while, it was only like once every few years. I said a couple months, it was once every few years. I also lied about the little things and would deny everything that would get me into trouble. I've had an affair and a major drinking problem. This life has been like having a sack around my neck and every wrong thing that I've done went into the sack becoming heavier and heavier, weightier and more weightier to the point that it was too heavy for me to bear. I'd get depressed and I would think about everything that I've done. Always going through this debilitating sack that's around my neck. Last year, I gave my heart to Jesus and I was saved and I was baptized. At that moment, the weight was lifted off of me. I knew I was forgiven and would never have, I would never have to have this noose around my neck again. Now, please understand, I'm not saying that I will never mess up again. I will. I have. But if I listen to the still small voice, it's less frequent. I have learned to let go and let God, to give everything to him, to trust him, to praise him in the good times and the bad times. Not having that weight around my neck anymore is what freedom is to me. He paid the full price, the ultimate price, the perfect sacrifice so that we all can be free indeed. A thank you isn't big enough, isn't a big enough statement for how grateful I am. But until there's a better one, I will say thank you as often as I can. And so the presence of God in his life has been one brush stroke at a time. John chapter 8 and 36 says this, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now listen, we, we learned that, that freedom has a sound. We learned that freedom has an address. And I wanna share with you how freedom has a picture. This is a picture of freedom where we baptized him in this tub just this last year. You can't tell, but man, this guy come up out of the water, just tears streaming down his face. And I want you to know that this is the freedom that God has for every single one of us that would believe and receive him. Amen. Real quick, I, I just have to ask, I want you to just to settle down just real quick because this is the most important part of the service. Maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you've tried You've tried everything. Like you desire this freedom, you don't like where you're, and you've tried everything. You've tried all of the wrong things and nothing has worked out because there's really only one right thing and his name is Jesus. And if you would like to, if you would like to receive Jesus this morning and receive his forgiveness, that means that everything that you've done in your past is washed away, never to be, it's forgotten about, never to be brought up against you again. If you're like, you know what, pastor, that's me. 
I want that freedom. I want that forgiveness. And I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. Now listen, I'm talking this morning right now to, to those that you've just not done this before. You've not done this. I've got another prayer I'm going to do real quick here for those of you that have, that have walked with God and just kind of walked away, but you'd like to come back. But I want to talk first and foremost to those that need to receive Jesus. This is your first time. You're like, man, if that freedom is available, I want it. If that's you, would you just raise your hand this morning? I want to lead you in a prayer. Is there anybody here this morning you want to make a decision for Jesus? Anybody? Up top? No? All right, maybe, maybe there's somebody online. We're going to pray in just a moment. But now I want to talk to everybody else. Maybe you're here and, 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 and maybe God has been a priority in your past, but you've just gotten, you've, you've gotten focused on other things. And you're like, you know what? This holiday season, you know, God is showing me that I need to just get some things in order. And if that's you, if you would like to seek first God's kingdom and put God number one in your life again, I want to give you that opportunity. Is there anybody here this morning that needs to make that decision? Anybody? Right here. Thank you, sir. Awesome. I love that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Be bold. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you. Thank you, ma'am. Really appreciate that. Is there anybody up top? Oh, yes, ma'am, I see you. I see you. I know you. <laughs> I see you and I know you. It's so good to have you this morning. Um, anybody online, this can be done right where you're at. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet just real quick and let's pray. I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, thank you for loving me so well. God, thank you for, thank you for going to that cross. You know, we're fixing to, to celebrate your birthday, Lord, Christmas. But Lord, we know that you came ultimately to give your life for us. That as, as we believe in you, as we receive you, that God, we will have eternal life. And our, our name is actually written in that Lamb's Book of Life. We spend all eternity with you. But we have to know you. And God, you have to know us. So God, I pray for those that are making that decision today. Just to say, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord not just my Savior. Save me, yes, but God, be my Lord. Be the Lord of my life. It means you're in control. And God, for those that are making the decision this morning just to, just to, you know, just to put you first again, God, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Lord, I just pray that they would be able to do so and every single day with great intent they would wake up and say, Lord, today it's you and me. What are we going to do? Lord, my life belongs to you today, God. What are we going to do? God, I love you, and I, I receive your forgiveness for today, Lord. What are we going to do? God, I pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, for people to experience that even right now. Right now, God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in the life of one that believes. Pray for all those online as well. God, we thank you. We receive this by faith today in Jesus' name. Everybody say that's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.